Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We drink tequila. We talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk. No rodeo, is it really Texas? These shit? Californians say rodeo, don't they? Is sure? it really Texas or Mexico shit? Well, both. What? Texas was Mexico for, for a while. So it's, so it's more Mexico. Mexico. Le- less Texas, more Mexico. Yeah. Well, okay. We start off every Team Tequila Talks with a cheers. 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 Salud. Okay. And interestingly enough, you can't really see it from the camera. You can if you hold it up to the light. But I added gold edible glitter. I love gold. I added gold drinkable glitter to a, a, one of our favorites, Comos Rosé Rosa. Rosa. This is one of our favorites. I always want to say Reposado I always want to say Rosé Reposado I know. because I think that is the English American version, but it's actually Reposado Rosa, which is the proper name, but I feel like people call it Rosé Reposado because yep. it's pink. So it's pink. It's got unflavored glitter. Crucial here because we don't want to mess with yes. the flavors. Yeah, we don't want to mess with the flavors. No. We actually asked Comos about this. And I was going to bring this up because yep. I definitely dumped gold glitter in their Comos. And what did Comos say? They say, you can have it however you like it. It's your tequila. You can For drink sure. it how you want to drink it. And if that means you want to make a $400 margarita out of it, you can. And this is not a $400 margarita, mm. but I decided to put some gold glitter in it because it's Sherry's birthday. Yay! Happy birthday. Well, you know, I'm aging backwards. It's a thing now. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're getting in some extra cheers today. Sherry Button. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to make it rosé tequila with a little extra, I want to say sparkle, but it's, what's that? But uh, it kind Zazzle? Of looks, Zazz? Like, are those words? It's pizzazz. It looks like pizzazz. Because you're pizzazzy. There you go. I am. You are pizzazzy. It's almost like bubbles. It's, it's It kind of looks like bubbles when it's inside. I mean, so they actually do make flavored glitter but I just didn't want to mess with the flavor of Comos oh, because yeah. even though we can do what we want with it I still don't I, I like the way it tastes no, we I like don't want to mess it up yeah. okay well we are doing a very special birthday cheers for one of our hosts Sherry Young Gonzalez your other host right here Cassandra Gina Mel and we have our guest Jay Milliken Hello. And Jay is a restaurateur, an entrepreneur, and has worked in the hospitality industry for a long time. And we're going to, in a little bit, get into both sides of the bar with him. Because, you know, he's had a little bit of experience on both Ooh. sides. I got, I got Apparently questions. a little experience drinking, too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday. Huh? Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're going to try one of your favorites. You don't have to it. just sip Como's. You can drink Como's however you like to. Yeah. You can. That's what you said. You so can. I guess I drink it like I like it. Well, you work, I mean, you work in the restaurant industry. What do you think about this craze of these ultra high end cocktails? We were just talking about this cocktail that was $150 was super fancy, and they have these table side ones that are kind of getting intense with the really, really high end tequila. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Would you, like, do you, do you have one of those on your menu? We don't. I've never done a super ultra premium kind of FU price point cocktail ever. Um, you know, I think initially, right. The first, I would say the first cocktail that probably was like that would be the Cadillac margarita, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Back in a little the, bit of a throwback. And you'll note. still, and you'll still find them. You're going to, yeah. if you went to a Chili's or a TGI Fridays or a Chevy's or something, I'm, 
more than just those places, right? right. I worked at a Chili's and we had El Presidente margaritas. Okay. That oh. was the big thing, and we had to make a big showing about it. Little little BTS yeah. for like you know the Chili's bucks, franchise back then. It was like twelve bucks. I mean, it was a it was splurge expensive. At Chili's. It was expensive, and we had to like walk the aisle shaking it <laughs> and being like Presidente. It was a whole right. thing because what part of what you're ordering is the showmanship. It's like when well, you order yeah. a bottle of sparklers at the club. Right. Yeah. And and I think that Cadillac margarita. I think it initially started, I don't actually know the total history, but I would assume Cadillac being a premium car. It was the premium. Mm, it's an yeah. American car. It's, yeah. it's I believe you. I believe you. We wanted to step it up. And mm-hmm. I think I think the original margaritas, we were – tequila had such a bad name for such a long time in the U.S. because it wasn't really tequila, right? It was a mixto. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've was, covered that in depth yeah. on this show. And so <laughs> so by, the Cadillac always meant you were getting an upgrade of tequila, right? probably a hundred percent agave mm-hmm. and probably a nice garnish, maybe an umbrella or something yeah. like that. Or you go to El Compadre like and they, they light it on fire yeah, or something, yeah. you know, maybe it's a little, little larger, but um, now I see, yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say I've never ordered one. I've never put one on a menu. I've certainly ordered one. Um, and I think it depends if they're doing, I mean, are you trying to promote a very high end spirit, high end mixers, gold in it you know like yeah. what makes it that expensive right mm-hmm. um my i'm a bit of a purist so i think personally when i do menus for bars or restaurants it's more of like let's create something using we always use really good well spirits mm-hmm. um you know 100 blue agave tequila create a really good cocktail with really good well spirits or certain things are niche obviously you can't mm-hmm. maybe have a well chinar or something right, right right i've never kind of jumped on that uh wagon i think probably not for any good reason to be honest well I you mean, should because someone's, someone's gonna pay buying, for it people are buying them i mean we had the como's reps on and she said they cannot keep a lot of their tequila in miami at restaurants stocked because they charge 175 150 and she's like and people are ordering it and i'm sure it's i tried to order one here at a restaurant here that had it and the girl was like i'm like it's my husband's birthday bring me over the 150 you know margarita and she's like yeah no we can't keep it stocked now what makes it 150 dollars? it places? was well that one specifically was made with their extra anejo okay. which is the I guess the only tequila to ever score a hundred out of a hundred from the wow. tequila tasting panel. No tequila ever in the history of tequila has ever scored that. It's it's delicious. It's delicious by itself. I've had right. it by itself, and I was like, why would I ever want to fuck around with when this? When I drink in an extra añejo, and I'm sure, yeah, usually it's by itself. Or ninety nine point nine percent of the time, right. you have it straight. And a lot of times, those extra añejos to me almost has like it gets like a cognac vibe, or like a mm-hmm. you get so much caramel and so much aging from those barrels, I just, I can't even imagine what a margarita would be like. I don't even think you need any sweetness in it. (laughs) No, but you can maybe, I mean, I definitely... presentation probably. It might be. Might be lit on fire. You can mix it with soda if you want. If you're not a tequila person, you go to a tequila bar and maybe the extra Añejo is a little bit too much for you because you're inexperienced with tequila or you don't find it as approachable. Sometimes you can mix it with soda and it kind of has that cream soda vibe. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely mix the Comos um, Cristalino. Cristalino with Soto and so Soto, Soto, Soda. And it, it, Soto, it, that's it, another so, agave. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is, yeah, well, we can talk yeah. about that too. Um, but I, I think that that is like a nice, super light 
cream soda. Yeah. And it just, it, it's, it's got all that caramel note, mm-hmm. that creamy note underneath, but you're still not, you're not tainting the flavor with anything. You're just kind of making, you're changing the texture a bit and you're making it more approachable. If maybe you're trying to sip as opposed to sometimes when you're sitting at yeah. a dinner, you don't want to be the person that's just like, I know. Yeah, I'm just going to be sipping on my two ounce neat. But I feel like the reason why people are ordering these cocktails in Miami, in New York, in LA is because I think everyone wants to flex these days. Yeah. And what better way to flex and say, I have money, than be like, oh, can you bring yeah. me three of those uh, specialty, you know? And I think we're in that age now where people have money. I mean, I want to know why people have so much money. Well, it's kind of like the new bottle service. There, what you would do to flex is you would order a bottle of champagne and there's flashing, you know, what lightsaber thingies mm-hmm. and like sparklers and there's all kind of stuff and they play special songs if you order enough bottles. It's, I mean, it is a flex. It's just that bottle service is now kind of like, well, been there, done that. Yeah. I think. And this is a new Or maybe version we've of been that. there, done that. I think it still goes on. Does it still it, go on? Vegas. still goes on. Vegas, for sure. Miami, oh, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. By oh, the way, Miami. there's plenty of places in LA. I just think none of us have a desire to go anymore. Not anymore. No. We pop, we pop <laughs> bottles in the house. <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it's two-sided, right? I think yeah. we're a little... We've moved on probably personally from it a little bit. Yeah. But I totally agree. I think um, we're seeing a lot of people wanting to... Whether it's the car they're driving... The liquor they're drinking, sometimes the bottle becomes iconic. Like Classe Azul tequila. I had Classe Azul tequila arguably probably within the first couple months it first landed in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, And delicious. I think it's totally different now. I had it the other day. I don't think it tastes the same. And that often happens, right? But that bottle is so so iconic, right? That that bottle is now associated with ultra, ultra premium. Um, You see, you know, I, I... other friends with, I don't actually carry Class A as well in my bar, um, but I see other friends with bars and restaurants and like whether it's someone ordering a shot and they're bringing out a special service with it in the bottle or they're making cups out of the bottles or candles. I mean, you're, the bottles become so iconic, right? Mm-hmm. Same with Patron. I mean, they've done a good job with making something iconic in their bottle. And yeah, it's it signifies ultra premium. So I guess that's probably where the cost comes from, right? Mm-hmm. It could probably put... Jose Cuervo Mixto Tequila. Oh, no. Call it 150 bucks. not tell them what's in it, and in someone's nice still going to order it. But in tequila production, we have learned on our show with our various guests that sometimes they spend more on making the bottle than they do on actually making the tequila. Sometimes, yep. yeah. It depends on For the sure. brand. And you know what? That's just marketing. That's yep. just strategy. Yep. I mean, you also have – did you guys see the video of – Kim Kardashian trying 818 tequila and she like she did, so she tries this she's on a yacht with all the Kardashians it's bougie as fuck it's right? like her sisters right? it's her sisters okay. right it's Kendall's and uh, she takes a sip of it and basically just like vomits in her mouth yeah. and it's just like <laughs> that's not great marketing no, it's, it's not, not good and I think they were trying to do some damage control and I gotta say I don't think we'll be having 818 on anytime uh, because no. we are not fans of their tequila we don't we're think it's it's good. No. And it's for the young kids. It's for Look, the kids. It's, it's for the kids. kids. It's yeah. for the kids. But they see, and you know, they see a Kardashian, they see the Jenners, and they see like, oh yeah, I can relate to that, and well, that's and a, that's a brand I know. It's brand recognition. That's yeah. marketing one hundred and one. Yeah. And obviously, I think for good or bad, I would say probably for very good that there's some scrutiny finally in the tequila industry mm-hmm. on people. Kind of, I've got money. I want a tequila, and obviously knowing that, you know, that's it's. I think 
more tequila, the better if from a 30,000 foot view is like, yeah, great. More tequila. And then you get down to it and you go and visit, you know, these states like Jalisco and um, you kind of, you go to Oaxaca and you see mezcals and how it's kind of what's happening is like, I mean, we're seeing the production um, changing a lot. We're seeing, you know, diffusers and autoclaves and things that are speeding it up and yeah. people, there's not enough agave to go around. So right. they're harvesting it too soon. And so just, you know, I think it's good that at least that's being called out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, should we be attacking? Is it Kylie? Yeah, Kendall. 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 Should we be attacking Kendall personally? That no, she's, of course not. No, of course no, not. She's and making her money. nothing to do with it. And I've seen a lot of that, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think keeping and in, in the same vein of like prices on tequila, like the costs are going to keep going up. Yep. But let's keep the quality up there too, right? Totally. But, You're talking about building a menu and what's on your menu and what's not. You have been in the restaurant industry and hospitality industry for a while, and you start with a restaurant from just concept in someone's brain and in your brain, and you work with chefs and designers and managers, and you you make the restaurant come alive. I mean, it starts like a lot of things where it's just an idea in someone's head. But I always wonder when you go and you sit at a bar and you look at a bar menu and you're like, that tequila cocktail looks great, but I hate that tequila. And so you, you know, most of the time can ask the bartender, can I get this cocktail, but can I just get it with this tequila instead of this tequila? And most of the time the answer is yes, but obviously that specific tequila is on the menu for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We went to a restaurant recently really quick and I won't name the restaurant because um, we just went <laughs> and it was like a little birthday dinner and they ha- it's a Mexican restaurant. So obviously I'm like, I want the specialty cocktails. I want all the fun stuff. And it was all filled with sugar. Yeah. So much sugar. Yeah. I was just like blown away. Just a regular yeah. Paloma, which is some fresh grapefruit, a hint of this. It well, should I, be fresh. It grapefruit. was like I was drinking a Kool-Aid. Well, if you're in Mexico, they'll argue if you're a. Uh- Running, running around in uh, TJ, and you order Paloma. It's that's there's no grapefruit. That's squirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was that was oh, kind of the, the original. The uh, original Paloma was squirt with with squirt soda. Sunny D, little or Sunny I'm, D. So I'm how from did the grape- Midwest originally? So we call it pop. So how did pop. grapefruit right. enter the picture? Well, squirt's a grapefruit soda. I thought it was lemon lime. Is it no. not? No, squirt. Okay. Squirt, okay. squirt, yeah. squirt, and then its competitor was Fresca. Oh, I remember oh, Fresca. I remember Fresca. Yeah. yeah. So, but yes, now we've all upgraded and updated and right. we're drinking fresh, fresh squeezed. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. I just right. can't handle all the sugars. So yeah. like it, it, they were, I mean, all of those drinks were very heavy on the agave. And then when we asked if they could make them with less agave, they said, well, no, actually, cause we batch them. And then, yes. And so, I think that maybe for shots or for certain cocktails that works, but we just said, okay, well, which ones aren't batch? And they went, all of them. And and I, working in the hospitality industry for over a decade myself, understand that it's not as simple as you can't just hand make a cocktail when you're in a bar and the bar is slammed. So there are some things that have to be prepped ahead of time. And there sure. are some things, there's some concessions you have to make. In my opinion, with a nutrition background, I don't think that those concessions should be ingredients, but maybe you juice everything ahead of time and you kind of pre-batch yeah. the non-alcohol and then you shake it fresh. I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But there were no options for these cool cocktails yeah. on the menu that were just. Did you try them? 
I did. We Living did. Good? Yeah, we did. No, we all ended up ordering yeah. skinny margaritas. <laughs> we we went for wine instead. And then we ordered two bottles of rosé. I mean, batched cocktails are so tricky. So tricky. And there's certain things you don't want to batch in, right? Like certain, like citruses will Curl, very quickly sour. Yeah, mm-hmm. turn in there yeah. and the, the reaction. So generally on a batch, like batching a couple spirits is usually fine, right? Mm-hmm. So having maybe a, a bottle that has batch spirits, but then you're adding the fresh juices to order mm-hmm. to shake, like you said. Yeah. And I think where you were going with some of it is when you see a certain brand and you don't like that brand in a drink, can you swap it out? Even if they're not batching it, oftentimes, depending on where you're at, depending on what's going on in that bar, they've either have a deal with a brand, right? right. Or they have, yeah, usually it's just a deal with a brand. It's not often I order a cocktail and I swap a spirit because I'm generally in the mindset, like I said, as a purist, like if I'm ordering a cocktail, I'm probably not going to be able to tell the difference between Altos tequila and El Jimador. Right. You know? Like I, would, I just, would you say that it's more the bartender, or I guess bar designer mixologist, their choice, or is it generally like they've got to deal with the company? Like, or is it kind of 50, 50? I, I guess I'm asking what makes people put a specific tequila brand on a menu and pair it with a specific cost? cocktail cost? Cost, cost, cost is huge. Right. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times just getting a deal break, like having a relationship with a certain brand, they're like, all right, we're going to give you our hidden pricing. If you put this in your drink, you're going to get this bottle for dollar or two less than the guy down the street. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's also, that's fair. Yeah. There's also, you know, deals where, I mean, let's just be honest. It happens. It's illegal. It's any, any, any industry that is government regulated is going to have more backdoor corruption than other industries, right? That, yeah. That's just, yeah. if you're being told what you can't do, you're going to figure out a way to do it. Of course. So there's plenty of deals where a supplier comes in and they're like, I can't pay you to do this, but I'm going to spend X dollars or I'm going to take you here. I'm going to do this. Here's a trip. Go through this many cases. Oh, there's- that's like the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Oh, completely. Right? And the radio. Completely. And the radio. Reps yeah. going on and, trips. Yeah. And yep. the pharmaceutical industry cracked down hard on it. Yeah. They don't really, they're not able to do that anymore. Yeah. And there's always loopholes and ways, yeah. but like the traditional way of like flying a doctor to, right. you know, Fiji. Scottsdale or yeah. Fiji for golf. <laughs> isn't or isn't something. that how we got the opioid, opioid crisis? Yeah. Opioid. Oip, how do you say it? Opioid. Opioid. That's how we got oh, the. Op- <laughs> Sherry makes up words I even try every it episode. Opioid. Opioid. Well, um, let's. Opiate. Gonna, yeah. Opioid. Opioid is a product of an opiate. An opiate is a class of drugs that causes. The, the opioid is the drug itself. The opiate Purdue pharmaceuticals, the, Purdue, the family, the Sackler, <laughs> the Sackler family. They were paying for a lot of lots of doctors to have vacations. Well, yeah. you know, we stay away from the opiates, and instead do the tequila. Jay, what did yes. you bring us? I brought um, I brought a favorite of mine, Woo-hoo. Siete Leguas tequila. I haven't had this before. This me is, neither. I saw it when you, you showed me this picture when this we were talking is, about this, and I and, and I was. I love the blanco as well, but. Um, this is such a light reposado. It really is. So light. Can we show the people? Yeah. Just really it's, quickly? Um, I mean, that is, if you told me that was a silver, I would believe you. Yeah. I think next to a silver, There's I a hint. could see. There's a little hint. Right. But I think if you told me it was a silver, I'd go, okay. So I know that this, um, well, established in 1952. So the this was actually, so we know about Noms, the distilleries down there that are... Um, the apple, it basically the same as like a champagne. You know, I have to be a certified distillery or mm-hmm. certified. Um, so 
this actually was the first distillery to make Patron. Um, okay. Back in like 80, I want to say 85, somewhere between 85 and 89. I know mm-hmm. it was like late 80s. They had produced Patron for Jean-Paul. Okay. And mm-hmm. they then sold or gave them back like the rights to their recipe or whatever right. and they took it somewhere else. Mm. But this was the first house that actually made Patron, which I'm not going to make friends saying this. I'm not a huge fan of Patron, but yeah. like all these brands when they you start somewhere and you grow and you end up having your own. But I was turned on to this by some Mexican friends um, deep in central Mexico years ago. And in the last couple of years, I've started, maybe it's been here forever, mm-hmm. but in the last couple of years, I've started to see it. This is what I drink at my bars and restaurants, what I drink at home, the Blanco and the Reposado. Um, Siete Leguas was um, the seven leagues. Mm-hmm. And it was, so that's 21, was, how'd it go? It was like the, the, the guy's horse galloped 21 miles or something to that. Oh, I'll, so I'll have to, okay. yeah. So, oh, oh, because so it's a leagues, horse with a seven yeah, on so the, it. So yeah. the leagues, so leagues seven is like, leagues, like the, yeah. yeah. So a league, I think, is three miles. Right. So twenty-seven. So it's twenty-one. One, yes. Is that a real measurement? Three miles is a league. That's yeah, what I believe. So let's, that's what's do a little. It's not an episode of Team Tequila Talks if we don't Google something Google. and Sherry doesn't make well, up a word. There's two thousand leagues under the sea. You yes. remember, and that's right. about depth. Right. That's oh, depth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. no, it is. I've been, like you know, you have knots in the sea, and that's like speed. That that's your speedometer, speed, yeah. right? But I feel like there are things specific to the sea that just don't apply to land. Like true, like maritime law. Okay, so here we go. Maritime. Siete Leguas. Ma- maritime. Seven maritime. Leagues. maritime. God damn it. <laughs> the name of Pancho Pancho Villa's favorite horse. Was okay. Siete Leguas. Okay. Um, most famous for having produced Patron at the time when the brand was building its reputation as the best premium tequila in town. Anyway. Okay, well, we're about um, to put that theory to test. I, would, I mean, we're going to see. But I want to say I did. that's true what you're saying, Jay, because on my SAT test, I remember it, ta- it, it asked me. I, I remember this distinctly because I went home and I looked it up because I didn't know what the fucking answer was. Mm-hmm. And it was about if you if you walked three leagues how far did you go that's a question on the SAT it was which is why I think SATs suck and they're too subjective <laughs> first of all you have to know what a league is and I'm thinking baseball how yeah, can you walk three yeah. baseball I would think, fields I would think like uh, an Sports. organized sport organization uh, grouping of tournament style like Something. I wouldn't think right. I wouldn't a league is a league a league is a league two or more teams I feel like I know a lot of useless trivia and I don't know this I know do we you know do. if that that book twenty thousand was it two thousand or twenty thousand was twenty thousand twenty thousand leagues under the sea? Yeah. So I don't think that the sea could be sixty thousand. The sea's deep as a motherfucker. It's deeper okay? than that. One of the they, deepest parts of the ocean is here, the Marianas Trench, right here in uh, Orange County. Yeah, but so the ocean the, is the twenty thousand leagues would be sixty thousand miles. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, oh, well, deeper in the it, Indian isn't Ocean. Is it a fiction novel? Yeah. <laughs> no, but the Indian Ocean is way deeper than that. That's where that flight okay, went well, down. Let's Google this. How, yeah. just Google how deep is the no, ocean. The, the oceans is like like we're talking miles deep, not thousands of miles no, deep. No, 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 wait, wait. tens of thousands of miles deep. We're talking actually. like six. I would say six miles yeah, deep would be the Mariana yeah. Trench. What's the Mariana Trench? Thirty-six thousand maximum depth. But maybe the that's whole point feet. is that you go. That's feet. Yeah, you're right. It's the average it, is 2.3 miles. 2.3 miles. The deepest part is to the, the end of the Marianne Trench. Yeah. I'm telling you. Girl, it's too bad they didn't put that on All the right. SAT. <laughs> Damn it. So, siete Leguas. Mm. Reposado. And our copitas. Oh, that's so smooth. 
Well, that's smooth as hell. It's super it's smooth. It's got Ooh. like an earthy um, end note to it. Sorry, I won't say end note. Like grassy. Yeah, but like I'd say it was maybe 70 to 80% of the way through for me. So I almost mm. brought some Blancos too because I'm kind of a nerd with all this. And I would say my drinking of agave spirits, tequila and mezcals predominantly would be I'm, I like – I like gritty. I like earthy. I like yeah. very, um, like I want to taste the dirt that they cook the mm-hmm, pinas yeah. in. Yeah. Like if this you is find, grassy. If mm-hmm. you find a, it, yeah, if you actually dirt. find a tequila or a mezcal that's predominantly mezcal that has actually been like cooked in the ground instead yeah. of like a brick oven or a clay right. oven or an autoclave, like there's just so much more going on. Flavor. Yeah. And I think that's not everyone. Like my wife, for instance, is like, no, I'll take, I'll take the smooth, flavory, <laughs> nice, like... Yeah. Nothing I'm wrong like, with that either. I'm That's like, personal preference. Yeah, I'm like, give me the minerals and the grit yeah. and the... You know, I want to taste the the hairs of that agave. That, yeah. You know. I can appreciate this and I can sip this slow, but a lot of people wouldn't. It's no. tough to find a tequila, especially a mezcal, but really any tequila, that has that earthiness that also is smooth. Mm-hmm. Because usually you have a really complex, sometimes spicy... There's just a lot going on, a lot of flavors going on, but it's really interesting to find a smooth tequila that also brings in that earthiness. Yeah. So this is like a, a very interesting combination to me. It is, but I actually like it. You can just sip it slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or mix it. Before you were in the restaurant industry, <laughs> you sold liquor to restaurants. So you've seen both sides of this. You've yeah. seen selling to the bar and creating a bar menu. I can tell people. you all about how everything gets done in the business because I was the guy probably making those under the table deals. That's what I said. Were you sending people on vacations? <laughs> I was sending people on vacations. I was paying for printing. Um, like, hey, we can't pay you to do this, but God, those menus are going to be really expensive to reprint, aren't they? Well, we could do that for you. We'll you know, print we it. We'll department. just put our name on yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, if you sell this many cases, have you ever been to France? Um, <laughs> Research. <laughs> Research. Yeah. And it's it totally is. It's an educational trip. Um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of things that you know, when I started in the beverage industry, God, that was two thousand six. Um, even in that time, which isn't that long, what, sixteen years. There's been a lot of changes, and they've come down pretty hard on a lot of that stuff, but it still goes on. I don't understand why, though, because it's one thing if it's pharmaceuticals, because as we've seen, the opioid – oh, God, you're contagious. Opioid crisis is a real problem, and, you know, if you're pushing – addictive drugs on people. I could see how they would, they would cut down on these stop asking doctors to prescribe this, but it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. If somebody's just making a menu, why they would want to, well, because it's about the people with the longest pockets are going to get the most cases sold. So it's, it's anti, so you're saying this is anti, like this is a capitalism. This is it. This is a regulation thing, not a, we're trying to get people to drink less. Well, no, it's not drink less. Not in the United States. And this is, (laughs) You know, maybe Canada. To Sherry's point, it's like the beverage, the liquor industry or beverage industry, I guess, as a whole, specifically talking about liquor, but there's like four or five companies that own everything, right? Diageo. Diageo. Uh, the other one. Laurent Perrier. Nope, that's nope. not it. Jean Perrier. Jean Diageo, Bacardi, yeah. Brown Foreman. The one who makes Avian. Avian, Avian is, is JPG. Jim Suntory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then well, Nestle owns a ton of beverage stuff. But like mm-hmm. 
that's waters more yeah. non-alcoholics. But no point being is like for X, Y, Z guy, gal to come up with a brand and for me to go in and compete in the market, it's so difficult, right? Because I got, I get an email or a text, you know, a couple of week from new brands or new people saying, Hey, we'd love to try you on our new brand. We'd love for you to serve it. And it's like, cool. I would love to meet with you. I love learning about new things. I love what you're doing. I'd love to hear about it, but you know, it's twofold, right? It's like, how are they going to support their brand? I'm not in the business of brand promotion anymore, right? I used to do that. Now I'm in the business of like serving people and creating a good environment and a good food and beverage and, you know, making sure their experience is amazing. I'm not here to like tell someone that, hey, this is the best cachaça or this is the best tequila. This is why. So how are you going to support it? And a lot of these new brands, they might be the most ethical, amazing, sustainable, all the things you need to be to compete these days. Right. But if they don't have Diageo money. And so Diageo mm-hmm. is going to come and say, yeah, no, I don't. We have a cachaça. You're not using that brand, right? Like I'm. I'm paying you to do this. Well, right. I'm not paying you, but I am yeah, paying you. Right, so right. I think they're trying to make sure that there's some order of free enterprise still and that people can still right. you know, launch a brand and everything. But It's fair. It's like the fair. So that's actually kind of like pro-capitalism in terms of you want the little guy to have a shot. Right. Otherwise, that's, it becomes just good. like conglomerate. Because it's I, like, I yeah. bet there are restaurants that do deals just with Diageo. Oh, for sure. Or just Perno Ricard. Perno Ricard. There it is. Oh, they absolutely do. You'll see a menu. Like, I literally was just in New York, and we were looking at the menu list, and he was like, we have this whole menu. Like, we own this whole menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, is that a thing? He's like, that's a thing. That's the ultimate. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it is still a business. And you can argue that, bars aren't essential. I think we kind of saw that with the whole COVID and shutdowns and, you know, we Hell don't have yeah. to get into the politics of that, but we right. do know what happened in an unbiased way. You know, we know that like, if you weren't deemed essential, you got shut down and that, mm-hmm. that drastically affected the food and beverage industry, but especially the beverage industry, because at the end of the day, people got to eat, but people don't necessarily have to drink alcohol. It's a right. luxury, right? That's well, why they- there's sin taxes on alcohol. Yeah. When you go to the liquor store, you get an extra tax yeah. because they're saying, well, if you want to smoke or if you want to drink or if you want some weed or whatever, you're going to have to pay on top of that. And you know what? That's fine. I don't actually mind it because you're kind of paying to regulate it. Whatever. I would rather be paying to do the things I want to do as opposed to just like take my money off the top. Right. I I agree. I mean, even though I think there should be a sugar tax more than it should be a liquor tax. I think we're all in agreement on that. (laughs) Because who needs sugar, really? No one. Well, and sugar affects everybody. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, you were talking about a portion of the of the population that drinks worldwide, whereas the portion that consumes sugar is in some capacity, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So even if you live the cleanest lifestyle as a percentage, that's got to be less than 1% of the world. That's not consuming some type of dessert, treat syrup. You yeah. go to an airport and you're like, I am just gonna get like ginger ale, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't do that, but the majority mm-hmm. of people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was in Michigan this summer. I'm from there. Um, I've been out here 16 years, but going back, there's certain things, even if I just go for a week or a couple of days, there's certain things I notice when I go back. We live in a very unique place in Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Los Angeles and New York, the two coasts are like, you know, I think a little more... Um, bubbled. Yeah. yeah. Bubbled and 
good and bad ways, right? Yeah, sure. And I think totally. health and nutrition wise, like I'll take this any day. I go back Honestly. home and I, I, I look around and it's like everyone's drinking sodas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's the water. Yeah. Kids, so many obese people, so mm-hmm. many, I mean, it's just, it's, it's fried and it's sugar and sugar and, and sugar ranch and sugar and dressing. sugar. I call it fried, dyed and flipped on the side. But I don't I'm think- okay with ranch dressing, but <laughs> sugar is real bad. Not for me. Nutrition science is still kind of new. We just now know that sugar is as dangerous as tobacco and is more addictive than a lot of addictive a lo- substances. I mean, it has the same profile as cocaine. They should yeah. It's more than cocaine. And, it's yeah. more than alcohol. Yeah. Um, and it's in the, could be in the same ballpark as opiates. Yeah. And we're only now learning these things. So if you learn, if we're learning this 10 years ago, it's just now tr- making its way into other places. And it's, it just, it's, it's, you can't, this culture has been established for decades and yeah. you're just asking people to put down the Mountain Dew and they don't understand why their parents and their grandparents yeah. were able to drink all this stuff. Well, it's, it's like food addiction, right? It's like now we're getting into like one of the biggest, most quietest addiction in the United States is food addiction. And we mm-hmm. never talk about it. And th- there are some super niche specialists that now are focusing on it and they're growing by the hour in certain hospitals yeah. because it, we focus on drug addiction and mm-hmm. alcoholism and all those things that harm you. But food over time will kill you oh, yeah. if you're eating the wrong thing. We're finally starting to see doctors prescribing exercise. That sounds crazy, but that wasn't always a thing. Prescribing mm-hmm. exercise or prescribing diets. And I don't mean like a fad diet. I just like how to eat less processed foods. That's something that really anybody can do is less processed foods, go to the grocery store and get whole foods. And then you don't even have to worry about that. What are my fats versus protein versus carbohydrate ratio? Because that can be very overwhelming. Just like you like your tequila from the ground cooked in the oven. If, if it grows from the ground or eats from the ground, you probably should eat it. Yeah. We could just pop this in the produce aisle. (laughs) Ooh. This is <laughs> and also the medicine. 100% plant-based, right? It is plant-based. So this is another thing that I've been wanting to talk about here so because I, we do- I'm 100% plant-based. <laughs> Me too. But yep. I uh, I eat I eat grass-fed beef. Because they're 100% plant-based. Which so makes us you, vegans. Which well, basically makes us vegans. Basically <laughs> makes us vegans. Cows, this is a big thing, too, is I've, I've seen a bunch of things that are like, my cow is 100% grass-fed. Well, that means it's plant-based. This is one of the things I've been wanting to talk about, though, is people, there's green washing, and even right now, there's a lot of pink washing for breast cancer happening. I saw you. I love that post. I love and that I love, post. I love all of your comparisons, too, with yeah. processing foods and all that, because I think, I think we need more of that. Of the simple, like many people are visual, including myself. It's like I am too. It's like you 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 go into the store and like something's red and orange, and you know it's like buy me, buy me, buy me. And the stuff that's more neutral is not always, but probably the more healthy option. That is exciting because they're not not spending their money on marketing, right? And you know you've got these people doing greenwashing and pinkwashing, and the big thing right now is to say plant based. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, but you know what? Heroin is plant based. I mean, hello. A lot of things are plant. So I mean, look, weed is plant based too. Everything's plant based, but now right? it's legal. Unless so it's pro- unless it's processed or man made, it's pretty much plant based. We were all plant based. We came from like semen and like an ovary. 
That's plant based. Is that plant based? That's we were fermented. I'm not a plant. We were fermented in a a, a I don't very. Think humans are plants. No, but got you, you got to think of it more creatively. Okay. We were born like marketing in, firms. Got right. it. We were born in a very so this is not a natural podcast. Yes, it is. It actually <laughs> is. It is. We were born in a very natural process. We were, but natural. That's well. That's another thing. Is I don't, I don't think know where you were going with the. We were all fermented. I was like did, fermented. Were they we're throwing not, yeast in I your belly? I think or? that humans <laughs> are plant based. Backwards. <laughs> because we are animals by nature, but you can say natural. And that's another thing it that is. all of these companies, food and beverage, are so ready to slap natural or plant-based. The, the craziest thing is when you look at something that's like potato chips, gluten-free. It's like, well, yeah, well, duh, potatoes been are gluten-free. gluten-free. I know. But I be- got a gluten-free oil change the other day. <laughs> exactly. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Traverse City, Michigan, there is an oil change place, and it had it on the sign that says gluten-free oil changes. I pulled right in there. I need, I'm like, like, my light was on. I'm like, you got my business. Bananas. Came in with my California Be- plates, and they're like, Because they were, you <laughs> love this gluten-free. <laughs> well, they rely so much on label ignorance, and mm-hmm. I remember in college, yep. I was taking a sports science, I have a, a sports science minor, and I was taking my courses for that, and it was about label nutrition this like elective and it was Mm -hmm. going on and on from back when food, when the FDA decided we needed that was when people were killing over from like heart attacks. They're like, Oh, well maybe we should tell them that they're having 58 grams of saturated fat per bite. But during our test, our initial test, we were all failed it. He was like, I'm going to put some carbohydrates, fats, trans fats, um, high fructose corn syrup in front of you. And you just let me know what food chains these come from. And we all failed it immediately. He was like the biggest issue oh, with the American diet. I is- come from a family of all doctors. Okay. And growing up was like health, 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 health. Right. Like my grandmother, hundred percent Italian, amazing cook. Some of the stuff that she made without using sodium. I'm like, how does this taste good? I mean, but Vinegar. In reality, it's like sodium was the devil, right? Fat was the devil. Well, now fat we know was that's the devil, news. right? Fat free, fat free, fat free. Yeah. And processed food was okay. I mean, I remember like you get, you go to her house and everything was like whole wheat, whole grains, low fat, no fat, no sodium. And I'm like, and, and that's, I'm only 38 years old. So what we've seen happen in the last, call it, my memory was probably when I was eight. Let's mm-hmm. say that. So in the last 30 years is crazy. crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, we didn't have the science before. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have the science. We have the technology. We I have the labs to we break did down have a, stuff. We, we had a lot of it. I think that I think that a lot of it is, I don't want to get too conspiracy. I'm not right, saying right. that. But yeah, yeah. I, think we, I think we knew a lot of like what things did to us maybe, but um, things like just thinking that, Fat makes you fat, right? Right. Now we know it's not true. Look at what the astronauts used to, you know, I mean, look, guys, I have a lot of dumb knowledge, but this is actually a fact. You can Google it. Look at what the astronauts, their Tetra Packs, what they take up into space is the most balanced diet you will ever find anywhere on this planet is because they they are hooked up to machines monitoring their heart rate. Oh, you're low on potassium. You need a banana, not a potassium pill. Yeah. And so they, their yeah. diets are constantly changing daily based on what they need. Now, obviously, we can't get connected to machines all day, which I would love to do that. I would, I would enroll in a one-week study where they connected me to machines to tell me daily but my fluctuations. they have those new glucose monitors, and I just think that that is – we're talk- No, yeah. but we're talking about the advancement of it nutrition science, and a lot of people are still kind of hesitant. You've seen them on 
on Instagram and Facebook. You've probably yeah. seen some girl in the gym that has one. Mm-hmm. There are these little, you know, uh, you know, dollar coin size things that go mm-hmm. into the back of your arm, and there's an app, and it tells you how your body is responding to certain food and food groups. And I think that is just the beginning of of what we're learning with personalized nutrition science. I also have the vessel cards, and you pee on them, and it tells you you're low in magnesium, your cortisol is too high, your mm-hmm. hydration is looking okay, mm-hmm. and it breaks down all of these nutrients and we're advancing to a place where we're pretty soon going to be able to prick our finger in the middle in the morning or pee you know in a like a catch-all something in, right. the, in the toilet and it's going to tell you you need some extra now are those, sodium are those specific today. to you and your metabolism and your body or is it just a general right now it's, it's general, general because yeah. it's kind of like just advancing out of beta but the fact that it's even an option because i still don't know like I mean, I've taken some of these food sensitivities and I've taken, um, I didn't, I didn't do a super food sensitivity. I did one where I took a shit in a bag and sent it in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Viome. Yeah. Viome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that and, um, I was fortunate enough to be gifted that and, um, to try it and test it out. And, um, I thought it was really interesting. I did a little research on my own and I'm not convinced still that like that, means a whole lot like your autoimmune response to whatever food group i don't i don't know enough about it yet um so i haven't the food sensitivity stuff food allergies for sure but like some of the sensitivity stuff that um i've read and seen and done is um there were certain foods on there that i felt like i've done enough elimination stuff where when i've reintroduced things and i feel like this is good for me right and then for them to tell me this is avoid that. Oh, right. And I'm like, hmm. I know. No, I and I'm 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 not saying one way or another. No, I'm just, but you have to go off how know, you feel. I don't know enough about the technology to to say yeah, I should believe this for sure. Right. Well, it is an evolving science, and I think that my whole point is the fact that people are now paying attention to this and people are actively trying to develop this because it's amazing. you yeah. see people that you know, you, you look at a couple and they go on the ketosis diet together mm. and the guy loses 40 pounds and, and the she girl doesn't. has the flu and his mis- flu like symptoms and is miserable. And is like, I lost a pound and a half. <laughs> right. And that like, and it's because that doesn't work for Did you talk to Eleni? <laughs> <laughs> me. She just knows me. That was me. I was like, it, like well, it, it, it's different for everybody. I mean, I beta tested a company called habit, which unfortunately didn't make it. And, and I love what they did, but they'd send you, you take your blood before right after taking the shake and then you know again 90 minutes later and it says you break down carbohydrates this way you break down fats this way protein this way because they saw that there's this problem with fad diets probably starting back in the like low fat days of the early Mm. 90s and then evolving into atkins and then there was the macro south beach diet and all this all of these diet trends so they're saying, wait a minute, how come this works so well for this percentage of the population and it doesn't work so well for all of these other people? And it's because your genetics play a role. So overall, yeah. Yeah. we can tell people, cut back on processed foods, cut back on additives, chemicals, yeah. and preservatives. And that is advice that's more. going that's to benefit asking, though, about everybody. Your, about the like what it tells you you're low in. It's like, great. 
you are low for the median. Right. But and that's and that's a step and that's great. Well, especially great. when you're talking about things like magnesium. Eating processed food. Stop. Right. Well, it's, it's like I mean the study came out about breast milk and um delicious. It, <laughs> I wouldn't know. Oh, um but it was basically, you know, they are they were trying to recreate a formula that had basically what breast milk has. And the reason why they tell you to breastfeed and all this stuff is because your milk adjusts daily to what your baby mm-hmm. needs. And it's like some weird voodoo science. It's the body, it's mother nature, it's God, whoever you believe in. But every day the mother's milk will be low in this, but high in this and low in this and high in this. And I just think for myself and my brain, some days you're a little low in something. No one's going to be a hundred percent Max all the times. The world's greatest athlete, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. Your body goes through a natural process of eliminating toxins, and sometimes the good guys have to leave to come back. And I saw this weird documentary with this like weird. He's not weird. He is actually the world's leading most disease scientist specialist, and he was talking about your levels change minute to minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you come to the ER one day and you have the flu, yeah, there's certain levels, but then we're like, wait, what's that? And because it's not in the median zone, yeah. but it's because maybe that day you were shedding bad cells or mm-hmm. maybe you have some abnormalities that aren't a test. Hour before I came here, I had a, a really unpleasant call with an uh, insurance company. That's my, not where I thought this for was my going. Dogs, my dog's insurance, okay? Oh. He had some tests done recently that the vet ordered. And I submitted for his insurance, and they basically came back and said, we're not covering that. That's pre-existing. And they were trying to say my dog had elevated liver enzymes in his blood, okay? And they're saying, the vet was saying, oh, we want to test him for Cushing's disease, something to do with cortisol, and I, I won't, I don't know a whole lot. Yeah. But I know enough to know that this was ordered by the vet. It's something new. We went in there because he's drinking excessive amounts of water, and he's kind of like lethargic like there's there's reasons and the vet's like we should test for this so we went in you know we spent 1200 bucks on this vet visit and we should get 90 percent of that back with our insurance and we got 30 dollars back so i called and they're like well he had elevated liver enzymes back in 2017 i'm like cool but he wasn't diagnosed with anything no and you can have elevated liver enzymes you can have for for a variety of reasons variety yeah so I'm going to have to get into this fight, but yeah, yeah. there's a little, little well, anecdote there. I know, it's but just... it's good to know that the, that the animals get the same treatment as the humans too. <laughs> that's, I, that's what you took <laughs> out of that. I'm like, you know, at least the insurance, at least they're, they're really consistent yeah, across the board. They don't just screw the humans. They <laughs> no, screw the, they they screw, screw, oh, the yeah, they screw everyone. <laughs> yeah. Great. Good to know. Good House to burned know. down. I was, still like, screw. I was like, miss, I know that this isn't your company. <laughs> I know that you're just, you had the unfortunate, you know, <laughs> you, you unfortunately answered my call. But I'm like, this is, you got to believe, this is just garbage, you know? Right. Well, on that note, I have to say that one of my biggest pet peeves, kind of switching gears here, is when you call, you know, Spectrum because your internet is out or you're calling Verizon because, you know, your voicemail isn't working or whatever. One of my biggest pet peeves is when you call them and they're like, hi, how are you today? <laughs> and you're like, motherfucker, I'd be a lot better if my internet worked. Yeah. Like, like, I, I hate better. The, That's like, why I'm calling you. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I, didn't, I didn't call my therapist. I, clearly, yeah. I'm calling. There's a problem. I hate it. You don't know me. <laughs> I don't know you. You don't care. And sometimes I actually will kind of mess with people because I guess I'm a little bit twisted. I don't know. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> when you go to the like the Trader Joe's checkout line and they look you dead in the eye and they're like, how are you today? And you know they're looking waiting for a response and then I'm miserable go, 
terrible, man. I just, yeah. I've got this bout of diarrhea. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. really, just, I actually need it. Could you check yeah. out faster? I got to get yeah. out of here. Make sure they never ask that again. <laughs> <laughs> because I hate that. I hate that the whole, how are you has become, I don't want to say desensitized, but the value of it has been taken out of what it really means. Like if one of you two came in and said, how are you? And I'd be like, you know what? We haven't actually seen each other in a while. And yeah. here are the things that happen. And how is it, how is your wife and right. how's your husband and your kid? And I, I would genuinely take right. value to that question. And I just feel like there is a greeting that is an acceptable <laughs> substitute. That's not how are you with the expectant glare that yeah. comes with it or the awkward moment of silence. If you're I'm calling, I'm sorry you're somewhere. calling today. How can I help you? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Let me exactly. apologize in advance. Yeah. Or like, or like, what I'm can sorry I? Sorry, we've come up short. Or What's ha- going on? Exactly. Or how about That's like, good. what can I do for you? Or is there something going on that I can help you with? Right. There it's are true. a bunch of different options. Or even like, I hope your day's going well. Yeah. And yeah, you can just I give love, it up to cu- it. I love customer. Ser- I'm a customer service. My if point, I get good service somewhere, my ass, like a groupie, is coming back. Right, but my good. point is, is that you can and have you, the good customer write, service. Do you write good the... reviews and praise for good? Or see, I am so I, do. I don't Should. see. I, I know I've been my facials. Look, I've had issues with this. I don't like my name being in the public domain. I have and a fake where Yelp I go. name. I have a fake Yelp name, which yeah. I know is frowned upon because the owners and the management are supposed to be able to look up your reservation Maybe and reach I out to you directly. But also, I'm not going to make friends with this one. But fuck Yelp. Okay. okay. Well, because anyone can say anything. I mean, well, I know. Well, there's well, also no, Google reviews. There's TripAdvisor. That's what I don't like about Yelp. That's what I don't like about you mean, Yelp. As a business reviews. owner. Yelp, in my experience, there are things. I've had calls with Yelp. I'm calling Yelp out. I've had calls <laughs> with Yelp where it's like you get some bad reviews and they're like, well, you know, we should host like a, a, an elite happy hour at your place. And like we can do some things and like, you know, we, they're not saying, hey, we'll remove those. But they're like. You know, there's things we can do to like buried in the algorithm. I mean, there's oh. there's some there's some, so what it's I like about Google reviews is there is you don't need to put your name. I mean, it's good and bad. Yeah, yeah. But if you're doing a good job, you're trying hard. You're doing a good job. You're giving people what you think is good hospitality, good service, yep. good food, good drinks. It's like someone wants to trash me nine times out of ten. That review, if it's valid, right? Sure. Yeah. I screwed up. But if it's not, like, there's enough good ones. And people are – I like to think that people are smart enough to kind of read into it a little bit. Like, I'll go on Yelp. Yeah, I don't yeah. look at, like – if some place is, like, four to four and a half stars, that's not an automatic. Right. If some place is three and a half, it's not an automatic, right? right. It's like, go into there and, like – you go in there sometimes and it's, like, all the one and two stars are, like, oh, they're parking – yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's so true. I it's a like, lot of times dig yeah. through those anytime I'm going yeah. on vacation because sometimes you get a it's one star expensive. review. It's yeah. too expensive. <laughs> well, and it's like, but you had the ability to look up the menu ahead of time. It's not that they went, surprise, yeah. everything's double yeah. today. No. It doesn't work that yeah. way. Google exists for a reason. Exactly. And there's photos of the menu. And a lot of these restaurants post their menu online. And maybe it's like, oh, well, you know, they asked if I wanted truffles on my pizza and it was $80 more. It's like, well, yeah, bro. Yeah. That's that's always I mean, say yes. You to gotta truffles. you gotta be careful always say yes, with but the if reviews. You're not, but if you're not down for eighty bucks, always say yes and how much? Right. Yes and how Wait, much? I have a question for you since we're talking about price and Yelp reviews. Okay, so in LA, it's popped up since I think in my opinion, since mostly since the pandemic, 
where they add an 18%, sometimes 20% oh, yeah. gratuity charge built into the checks. And I feel like I don't know why, and I feel like you're the best person to ask for. Sometimes, well, no, we've seen health. Uh-oh. We've seen health. Well, we've, we've seen health. We see, we, remember we went somewhere, me, you, and Mark, and it was saying, um, this is for the it health was, okay. insurance yes. yeah. so here's, for our team no, members. Where we went, this was actually, I went to another one of their restaurants. I'm willing to bet that restaurants. this is only strictly in California and New York. I would probably think it is definitely California. in New York. No, it was okay. in New York. Not every fine dining. I'm, so here's here's yeah. the one no, no, that no, I not, saw. Yeah, yeah. It was the same restaurant group of the restaurant that you and I went to, okay. but different restaurant, mm-hmm. same restaurant group, and they added an eighteen percent service charge and said this is to help pay our employees a livable wage. It wasn't health; it was specifically said livable okay. wage, and it said this is not a gratuity. And at the bottom, it said fifteen, twenty, or twenty five percent tip on top of the auto eighteen percent. So you're forty percent exactly. Yes, I have thoughts, but I'd like to hear if, yours. If without seeing the menu, if the menu was like, I know what beef prices are. If there was a if there was a bone in ribeye on there for thirty bucks, then all right, well, we can we can talk about this. Right. But no, where we were with there, there, there was we, no there was no thirty dollar ribeye. It was one hundred and thirty dollars. Uh-huh. I'm not super optimistic on hospitality in California and Los Angeles right now mm-hmm. in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, it's really sad. I'm afraid that in the next two, three years, we're going to wake up one day and everything's going to either be five-star Michelin dining or it's going to be walk up to the counter and grab a number and they'll bring it out to you. In and out Tacos. Tacos. Which, cool. Okay. But the Ma and Pa owned middle-of-the-road service-oriented hospitality restaurant and bar is going by the wayside. It's so hard to make money right now. Our minimum Mm. wages, our taxes... I mean, everything is so high in this state right now. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of, in my opinion, I don't have any business that's ever done the all-inclusive pricing. What does that mean? Like sugarfish. Some, right? some like places the, you can't even tip, right? They build like it sugar in. Like sugarfish. So oh, sugarfish yeah, yeah, is yeah. like, hey, you sit down, yeah. you get three prefix options. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, we're just charging you a flat 18%. We're not charging you... Asking you for some, more tip. Some won't even have an some won't even delineate that, right? They'll just have some it in will the just say like, yes. And the the servers will not make tips. They're only paid hourly. Just hourly. You know, so twenty two dollars. Instead of hour, making <laughs> a lot more than that. Well, our yeah. minimum <laughs> wage our minimum wage in Los Angeles right 15, now for a server 17? is fifteen ninety six. So sixteen bucks. bucks. When I was a server, I made two dollars and thirteen cents an and hour. And still in some states, if you're a tipped employee, you make a lesser amount. Yep. Not in New York, not in California, yeah. not it's, in many states anymore. No. So sixteen bucks you're paying, and you're mm-hmm. paying the taxes on that for their for their labor. Mm-hmm. And then my thought process is, unless all the restaurants move to this all inclusive, or all the restaurants in my neighborhood do it, or we all come together and we say, "All right, we're you all going to do this," yeah. and we're going to do it before we open. Like right. if you open one way. And I, my places them. are always like neighborhood spot. I want my place to be frequented. I want people to come, come back. two, three times a week, yeah. not once a month or not once an anniversary. You're not a special not, occasion spot. Yes, I want that. neighborhood spots. So yeah. for me to all of a sudden, halfway, you know, a couple years in, say they keep jacking everything up on us. We can't make money. Let's right. let's let's include everything and pay them an hourly. It doesn't work that way because for one, the staff you have to retrain them and get them to wrap their head around the fact that 
no matter what I do, I'm not making more or less. It's 25, 30 bucks an hour. Yeah. But in some ways, should you think, all right, I'm going to pressure you. You're going to pressure me. We're going to do the best job we can. We're all making the same amount. Well, so- you, you're kind of relying on people's work ethic, though, which isn't always consistent because we've been whole- to some countries. So fun fact, <laughs> TIPS stands for to ensure prompt service. And this was something that originated, you know, maybe a hundred years ago. And it was people that were hustling and providing good service because they wanted to make an extra dime off of what they were already making. And I know that it has evolved since then, but that's the origin. And to say like, hey, you're going to get the same rate no matter what, like you would in Spain or a lot of places in, in the UK. There's there's no tipping. There's none. It doesn't exist. Right. Um, and in fact, sometimes they're like, we have no means by which to accept your tip. And you're like, yeah. no, seriously, and here's like, 10 wow, pounds. Wow, great service. And they're just like, <laughs> are you American? But I think that, yeah. I think that they're like, I take pride in my work. Like I get a lot paid, of people do, but some people but, don't. Right. Yeah. And I would argue too on the, on the flip side is like when I, if we don't have an all inclusive format, right. That there's a difference too between pooled tips and individual tips yeah. and all that. Well, the pool pooled tips, tips, I don't find, I see that started coming when I was bartending and, and, and serving and they started doing that shit and I revo- I like quit. Yeah. Cause I work Cause hard you're a for hard mine. Worker. Yeah. It's not fair and that I the knew. person that's smoking yes. in the back is exactly. getting the same you're percentage carrying as dead you. weight. But as a, as a proprietor, right? You, you would right. hope that you're going to stay there and you're going to be like, yo, get your ass in gear. I'm trying to make some money too. Pull your weight. Yeah. And by posting sales, we sometimes we you know we'll post sales and, and show people yeah. how they're doing it yeah. and give them a little competitive, you know, spirit. Do you do bonuses if somebody is like the top seller for the month? Absolutely. You have to. I mean, Absolutely. look, I would sell so my liquor. Look, my t- food sales were like this big because I am a liquor gal. Yeah. A group of four guys at a table, I'm like Who's buying the shots? You look like you yeah. should buy a shot. He's like, okay. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think trying to, and just back to like these, these all inclusive menus is this, the sticker shock. If I just one day decide to include 20% extra and cover the wages, the, the fair living wage without tips and all that, make it all inclusive is like all of a sudden the guy who's been there 15 times, he walks in and now he's like, what, what the, the fuck? hell? Well, yeah. I would say that like this yeah. restaurant that I'm referring to, and I'm not going to name names because I have to say that I don't really agree with the policy. And I, and I love this restaurant. So good. It's so good. But I would much rather pay $2 more per dish for you to properly pay your employees than get a bill at the end of yeah, it that is all of a sudden 40% yeah. more yeah. than what well, I ordered. The yeah. good news is I think that this specific scenario i think is very uncommon to have 18 and then another and then another oh yeah but We've seen it a couple i've certainly of yeah. i've certainly seen this like included gratuity or suggested gratuity i've seen the three percent for health care yeah that's um, a california thing too I, yeah it's because our state is uh it's expensive it's very expensive. It's a living. very yeah. expensive to rent but we, in the but greater Los Angeles. Just spend time in California. You just make I California, know. Mexico. Okay. Again. I know. Look at that. Let's I make sure know. everybody sees that. On well, that we, note, we, we, we gotta wrap it up. We pay a premium for the weather here, people. We do. We do. Yeah. We do. Let's end on a happy and we love note. We love the, we, we love California. Do. We love the weather. Let's wrap it up. Jay Milliken, thank you so you much. Guys. If you're in the Los Angeles area, hit up Pinkies. 
and yeah. Atria. And love to have And yeah. uh, you know what? They've got all kinds of amazing tequila options and cocktails like our Siete Leguas. You can come drink some Siete Leguas. Yeah. Mm. Leg- is it Leguas? Leguas. 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 Uh, your host, Cassandra Gina Mel and Sharon Gonzalez. Thanks for listening to Team Tequila Talks. And do all the things that you press on your computer or your phone that tell us when we do something new because we are fun and exciting. Yes. And we will link Jay and his restaurants. This has been awesome. Thank you. So great. I mean, when I can't is believe it? it's over. When is it? <laughs> when, when, I feel like we have stuff to talk about. I know. You've never had a bad time on Tequila with a mic. Year. Maybe next year. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll get invited back. Yes. We'll Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.